0: The superpower that every citizen has is the ability to control where they spend their time, money, and attention. By focusing these on supporting local businesses, you are having a profound impact on your friends, your family, and your local community. So if you want to change the world, you can start with buying local. Welcome back, everyone, to Buying Local. I'm your host, Michael Nelson, here over at Five Towers Media, and I am joined today by... Chris Mast from the car shop, and you guys actually have you have a few locations, right? Three locations. Yeah,
1: we have three locations now: two in Queensbury, one in Malta. That's awesome. Um, two for sales and and one that's just service.
0: It's just service, yep. and that that's the one over by Starbucks, right? It's yes, just service. Yep. Yeah, yep. I actually uh, I were sitting here because I had gone to a chamber of commerce ribbon cutting uh, for the the. Um, the great, the one right next to the Great Escape, yeah. and uh, but I had stopped at the one next to the Starbucks, and I walked in, and
1: oh, by accident, yeah, by accident,
0: and the guy, and I was like, I'm here for the ribbon cutting. The guy's like, I think you might be in the wrong place. <laughs> so, um, and now you just you just opened up the one in Malta, is that right? You-
1: yeah, like we we just took took over the property uh, the end of January. Um, we just got ready. We've been out there for service since. Okay, uh, but we just opened for sales this month.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And what um. Where, where is it? Uh,
1: it's 2215 Route 9 Mechanicville, a block north of the Round Lake. Uh, it was formerly Mark's VW Service and Repair. Okay. They were there for like 30 years. So oh, no kidding. Yeah.
0: And just uh, retiring?
1: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, he retired. And uh, so we're maintaining the, the VW Euro Service business um, and adding our, our touch to it as well. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Now... Six years you've been up in
1: Queensbury? Uh, yes, exactly right. We were in Fort Edward for two years before that. Okay. And uh, that was pretty much where it started, Fort Edward.
0: That's where it started. Yeah. Now, are you from around the area?
1: No, Long Island.
0: Long Island, okay. And uh, what, what brought you up here?
1: Uh, life. Um, <laughs> so we were on Long Island. I was living with my wife. Uh, we had just got married when Sandy hit. We were living in Long Beach in a rented house. Okay. The ocean met the bay in our living room uh yada 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 yeah wound up taking a a, a rental in queens and we had literally just got married three weeks prior to the storm and uh you know started thinking about family and affordability and she had family up here and it just kind of made more sense to give it a shot yeah yeah
0: it's beautiful up here
1: it is beautiful up here Right. It's a very different, different way of life.
0: I bet. Yeah, sure. I've never lived in Long Island or New York City, but.
1: <clears throat> I worked in Long Island City, which is Queens, a block from Manhattan for 15 years and an um, hour and 20 minutes each way to go 17 miles. Phew. Different life. Yeah, right. Different life, for sure.
0: 17 miles. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. So, so you made the decision to come up here and yes. why cars?
1: so i've always done cars since i'm okay. like 19 years old uh, my father was in cars uh, my uncle's in cars and uh, it just kind of was what i flocked to as a kid it's mm-hmm. what, what i was decent at and i was able to make a living without the whole college thing because that really wasn't for me
0: yeah it's not for everybody
1: yep for sure um and then just came up here i was hoping to be able to still maintain my client base from down there that didn't work out um so I, I found a small place in Fort Edward that was really affordable and got a dealer license and put some cars outside and sold them. No kidding.
0: Nah, yeah, I know nothing about that industry as far as like what it takes to actually sell cars.
1: Um, it takes the same thing that it takes to sell anything. Yeah. You know, the reality is, is you have to give some people something that they want, something that they need, and you have to treat them fair. Fair. It doesn't matter if it's coffee or cars. Okay. All same, right. Same stuff. But
0: the, the logistics, of, like you have to be licensed, like there's a whole thing that you have to go through in order yeah, to... Yeah,
1: there's there's DMV licensing, and, and that stuff is definitely uh, a bit of a headache. But, you know, obviously cars are, are safety issues and, oh, yeah. and major financial purchases, So and people need to be protected. So yeah. there's there's all sorts of stuff there.
0: Hmm. So, one, I think I said this, this to you before the show. You know, we ended up here because I was at that ribbon-cutting, And I happened to be standing next to one of the people at the Open Door, and they were talking about all the great things that you guys do for the Open Door. So I just maybe just fill us in on the kind of things because you know we love community-driven organizations locally, obviously. Yeah. And uh, tell us a little bit about the the work and the help you're giving the Open Door.
1: So I'm not even sure really how it all began, but a couple of years ago we kind of had an idea to just kind of give back, and I think it was uh, I think it was started with Thanksgiving, and we were like, we'll give a turkey for every car that we sell. and then we kind of just had some friends at ran a Service Business, um, Combs Automotive on Exit 18, and they were like, well, we'll do the fix-ins. And then it just kind of became a whole thing where we fed, I think between uh, Thanksgiving and Christmas last year, about 130 families or something. That's awesome. Um, you know, just little things. The, the community supported us. Like I said, we started – I didn't say We started with three cars in Fort Edward. Oh, really? Um, and now we sold 700-something cars last year, so – you know the community has supported us, so it, it yeah. makes sense to uh, to support the community back.
0: That's amazing. Seven hundred cars last year.
1: Yeah, a little more.
0: Well, um, so I'm curious. You know, and this is kind of my own thing. And as knowing that you're coming in, I, I remember during the pandemic and all the stuff that was going on, that like Carvana and you know basically there's like apps where you could sell your motorcycle, sell your car, like or buy one for that matter. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to get your thoughts because from what I've seen, it didn't really work.
1: Well, <laughs> it didn't fail yet. Um, the model that they did, they definitely expanded way too fast mm-hmm. um, for their own good, which is reflected in the stock price and everything you see on TV. Yeah. But basically, it's just digital retailing, which there's definitely a place for it in the business, but it can't be purely digital. You need to be able to walk somebody around a car. You need mm-hmm. to be able to show somebody the difference between you know a base model and a loaded model and You know, these are big purchases. It's not too often that people are going to buy a house or a car sight unseen, right? They want to test drive it. They want to see it. They want to feel it. They want to smell it, right? If it was a smoker's car, you can't get that from a website. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to Amazon and click. It's used, right? So they're they're pre-owned cars. It works great. It's a great model for new cars. Tesla's killing it. But for pre-owned cars, it's just not realistic to be a 100% digital. So...
0: Tell me about, like, the the, in, the status of inventory, because that was something else I was saying. Because I know, because I, I, unfortunately, I bought a vehicle uh, in 2020, I think it was, um, and paid way too much money for it, uh, because just, it was the only one that I could find.
1: Supply and demand.
0: Right. Yep. And I know, so that was a huge thing for a while, that the used car, car market was almost non-existent.
1: Correct. W- where are we at now? So, we are a better... But we're also about to get worse. Okay. Um, a big portion of cars come from off-lease and come from rental agencies. Mm-hmm. Right. So when the factories closed, there was obviously no production of new cars. So when there was no production of new cars, the new car dealers began selling a lot more pre-owned cars because that's all they had. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of kept chipping away. So the, the store that used to sell a three year old car couldn't get it because the new car store took it. Right. And then the car that the store that used to sell a five year old car would now find a, a little older and a little older. But the problem is now we're going to start coming into the place where most leases are two and three years. Mm-hmm. So COVID happened and shut the world down in twenty twenty. So basically 2020, there was extremely low new car production, which means there was very little new car leasing happening. Okay. So the typical cycle is three years. So now we're coming up on that cycle where there should be millions of off-lease cars hitting the market, but that's not happening. They won't be. They won't because they didn't exist. Interesting. So it's going to take really another three years for the inventory situation to be Quote unquote normal again, if the new car manufacturers go back to their old way of flooding inventory, mm-hmm. um, they learn though that when you flood in, they always knew if you flood inventory, you have to put rebates on cars. Sure, and rebates can be big two, three, four, five, eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and what they realized during COVID and because of COVID is that they can make the same money or more selling half the cars. Right. <laughs> yeah so the question is going to be are they going to flood the market again? yeah you know old dogs new tricks I believe they will I believe that at the end of the day they will want numbers and they get sales right. money and parts money and the more cars on they want to sell there, a
0: million units not 500,000 units regardless of the price. regardless market. of yeah
1: that's that's my belief I think it will come back to that um, there's a lot of conversation in the industry about which way that's going to go yeah um, some of the, the big guys Ford GM are trying to do this model where it's like direct-to-consumer, mm-hmm. trying to go with the Tesla model, but we'll see. And that was
0: – was there legislation that was passed in order to make that happen? Like I remember seeing something about so,
1: – well, there's So there's franchise laws uh-huh. that make things really difficult. But So like Ford, for example, is trying to separate their EV division mm-hmm. from their regular division. So that'll bypass the franchise laws because right. it won't be part of the franchise. Right,
0: and they can, sell direct, con- and they to can consumer. sell direct to consumer. But they can't do that with their trucks. They have to go through a dealer?
1: Well, if it's an EV, so if they achieve their goal, and mm-hmm. they will be able to because if it's an EV, yep. then that'll be under a separate umbrella. And but for like their
0: current the gas-powered vehicle. ones, though, they have to go through a dealer? They is have that? to, correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing something about that where it was, you know because well, the franchise laws. Right.
1: So you can't sell a franchise and then say, I'm going to sell a car and compete with and you. And compete with you. you, right. right? Yeah. So that, that's where the tricky stuff comes in place. Yeah. Tesla doesn't have that issue because they don't have franchises. Yep. Right? So it's, it's just a direct-to-consumer model.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Uh,
1: but if there's all these mandates about EV, and by 2035, right. in California needs to be an EV... Then what is a guy that that owns a fifty million dollar Ford store going to do in California? Right. Well, you that would become a really big used car dealership. Well, well, yeah, right. That's where you have
0: to go at that so point. You have to go. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's not even an option. Is that you're you're no longer going to get the franchise? Well, you have a franchise, but they just don't make those vehicles yeah, anymore. Yeah, You have
1: a franchise that's worthless.
0: Yeah. That's, I bet they're excited about that.
1: I bet you they're <laughs> I would be. I would be very excited. That's scared. crazy. Yep.
0: I mean, how e- easy is it to go from a new car market to a, to a used car market from a sales standpoint?
1: I mean, if you're an operator, you're an operator. Mm-hmm. Most new car operators are used car guys anyway. But the value is in the franchise. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you can only get a Ford from a Ford store. So yeah. Yeah.
0: People have to come to you. People have to go. If to I want, if I want to,
1: there's value. In
0: if it. I want a Wrangler, I got to go to the Chrysler guys, right? right. Like, yep. yeah. Uh-huh.
1: So there's huge value in that. So if they're going to just dilute the value of that, that's going to create issues. And again, we'll see what happens. Um, but that's a lot of conversation in the industry from a new car perspective. Yeah,
0: right now. I'm fascinated by it I to see what's going to happen. You know, it's just uh,
1: I'm fascinated to see what's going to happen with the EV mandates. Yeah, that's a whole another separate, you know, conversation. But that's you know we don't have a grid that can maintain that or handle that, so right? That's problem number one,
0: yeah, it's a big problem. I uh, we we uh recently had um uh, Andy from Blue Flame and we had Joe Serone from Serone Plumbing and Heating on show talking about the heat pump mandates, yep. Uh, similar thing, right? Where they're talking about, and I, I don't think that people are realizing this, but there's so many people that when they go to get that heat pump. Their electrical system, forget the major grid problems, just their house cannot handle the heat pump without a whole electrical upgrade on the service and everything else, right? And those EV cars are gonna have the same problem. So now you've got a house that can't handle a heat pump. Now you gotta add a heat pump and an electric vehicle charging station to it. I like. And, and that means like what, a 400 amp service? And I don't even know anything about that, <laughs> right? stuff, but the grid
1: can't handle it. I mean, the, right. Yeah, and then there's the, to, the grid at large that can't grid. handle
0: that, yep. let alone just the each individual household. When you look at the number of houses in the area and how they're set up, like, so we live on an old farm out in Greenfield Center, right? And this is what we were talking about. And there is not an electric heat pump system that will take care of our house, right? Right. Without spending almost as much as we spend on the house. Which right. It's ridiculous. And then you look at trying to now, again, add a station for charging your vehicle. You yeah. know, guess what? We're not a one car household, right? We're, we're a two car household. And I've got an 18 year old and I've That's got a 14 year old and I got a 12 year old. And so, you know, like, how are we going to charge six cars, Right. <laughs> you know, right. and these, I just, it's, such a fascinating thing. And I just keep asking the question of how come no one's having that conversation at like.
1: Well, then we're, I mean, we're going to if we go down that rabbit hole, we're going to go into politics. And, <laughs> well, well, we media, all You that, know what but... I mean? But that's the reality. The reality yeah. is, is people are talking about it, but the media is not talking about it. The mass media is not talking yeah. about it because it doesn't fit the narrative that they're trying to push. And, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll walk into the problems that we walk into, you know. And then, and then they'll, they'll unwind and they'll pause and they'll stall, but they'll keep pushing the mandates and then it looks good for headlines. Yeah, know? I guess. That's their base, their voter base, and it sounds good, it looks good, it goes across the New York Times, right? California did this, boom, and then whatever.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. Like I said, it's it's good television watching it all it in It is full, definitely,
1: so. yeah, but the problem is it's the sort of children are going to live in. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I have an eight and a five year old. You have you have more than me, and they're older, so they're walking into the world sooner than mine are. Yeah, it's crazy. It's gonna be interesting. Yes, for yes, sure. it
0: is. So, and I don't want to keep you here all day, but no, I I, I had like a hundred questions I could ask you. So, uh, so you know, from a, a growth standpoint, so you like what a great story, right? You start with three cars in Fort Edward. Yep. Uh, you're there for two years. You said.
1: Yep, give or take
0: grew into and then you moved to
1: Queensbury right next to the Great Escape.
0: Okay, that was your second shop. That was the second one. And that used to be Mountain View? Uh,
1: mountainside Mountain Auto and mountainside. transmission. Yeah. Yep.
0: And then um and then you added the the the, the service shop by and Starbucks. We
1: took, yeah, we took the service cuz we just needed the space. I mean, we couldn't we we grew so fast that we outgrew our shop. Yeah. Um we didn't own the property, so we weren't going to make major improvements sure. to it. Um that place was available. It became available, so we we kind of worked it out, and then uh, uh, you just you, you can't get into that place now either. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. You know that that's a great story, also. That's uh, oh,
0: so I'm saying. The whole thing is just what great problems to have. Like, and yeah. and so my question for you is: I mean, you're growing in leaps and bounds. How are you doing it? Like, how does one grow a business? Good people. Good people. Tell me more.
1: Um. You want? What do you want to know? So so, um. <laughs> I have a guy with me, David, who's been with me. He was out for a little while, but he's been with me since Fort Edward. Um, realistically, I would say top five salesman in the country. Okay. Um, no BS. Um, Mark, who now, him and David run Queensberry while I'm here trying to set Malta up. Uh, you know, one of the top finance guys around. Um, you know, we just... We, we give people the tools to do what they want to do and, and allow them the freedom and the creativity to, to be who they are. And they have just been crushing it.
0: it's awesome. You know,
1: and then service, we, we hired Tommy from, uh, he used to work at a place around the corner, the warehouse. I won't say the full name, but, sure. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, he brought his client base over to run in the service department and, you know, now you can't get into the service department. Yeah. Um, you know, if you drive past it, you see it looks like a shopping mall in that place. It's crazy.
0: It's interesting because there used to be uh, before you were there. There was a I can't remember the name of it was well, it doesn't matter. But
1: there was a dealer a while back. Yeah. And then there was an Amco that was there for like a year. Yeah. And he probably didn't service eight customers in a year he was there. And then he went out, and then we took it. Okay,
0: and I, well, I remember when the dealer was there, and I always thought it was crazy that they didn't offer any service whatsoever. Yeah, because I would think that those two things go hand in hand, right? You're going to sell a car, and then you're going to service the car.
1: They do, so they also had another separate service location. Oh, okay. Um, in Glens Falls, but uh, you know, space is an issue, and, yeah. and overheads an issue, and you know, when you're when you're selling. Cars, you know, as a used car we're in New York, right? So so there's a lot of legality about mm-hmm. how the how the car has to leave the dealership. Um, and nobody's perfect. So we do our best and then we miss stuff or things break a day, a week, a month, a yeah. year later, and you, you have to service your customer. So it gets to a point where you need to decide either you're gonna get cars ready for sale mm-hmm. or you're gonna fix Lucy's car. Right. Right, so if you only have so many lifts, that that becomes oh, a okay, question that you have to ask. So yeah, am I going to do right by Lucy, or am I going to sell a car to Mike? Yeah, and when you have to make that choice, you can't do that. So then you have to add. Then you need more space. You know, so so, that, so that's why we took aviation road. Yeah. Because we couldn't do those two things in, in a proper way.
0: It's it's interesting you say that, too, because I know, you know, even just from a marketing standpoint, like we are constantly in a, a, a I don't want to say a battle, but we're constantly looking to solve the problem of, hey, we need to continue to Add new clients to the mix, but we also need to take great care of the current clients we Absolutely. have, and you only have so many resources. And I never thought of it in that in that yeah. fashion. So
1: I didn't either because I was never a used car guy. Yeah. So this was all on the fly for me. Okay. I, mean, I was a new car guy. Fifteen years. I was a broker, which is not a thing up here, but it's a thing downstate. Okay. Um. So I, I had really very very limited knowledge of of used cars when I started.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So how did you identify the fact that you needed to? Figure that out. I need to. I need to sell cars every day, but I also need to take care of my customer base and service them.
1: I literally, it, it was it was a bottleneck. You couldn't, you know. So in Queensbury, the main location, we have five lifts. Mm-hmm. So if we're selling fifty cars, you have to obviously service those fifty cars before you could sell them. But then when Lucy comes in and her car is broken, you have to fix it. So you literally you don't have it. You can't just think about it. You, mm-hmm. It punches you in the face. <laughs> You're right, you have you have Mike yeah. calling saying, "What time is my car going to be ready?" And you have Lucy pulling in saying, "My car is broken. You got to fix it." Yeah. So what do you do?
0: Yeah. Solve it.
1: Well, only got solve it. Yeah, space.
0: That's love it. Space. I, it's one of my favorite things about business about entrepreneurs, is that all they do is solve Some problems, problems. every 100%. day, man. Hundred percent. It's like, and so when people. When I get into conversations and people are like, well, you know, what are you going to do with this? And I'm like, hey, listen, and kind of like you said, right? Like I, I'm just when that problem comes, I'm going to fix it and that's I'm it. going to move on to the next one and and so on and so on.
1: But yep. it's it's the fitful mentality. It's figure it the F out. Right? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's,
0: it. That's, that's it. That's great stuff, man. So. um so you got great people. You're adding business, and then opportunities. So, uh, I mean, where does it end? Are you, you going to continue to look for more locations? Continue to grow the grow the empire?
1: Um, it's not an empire. Um, who knows what tomorrow holds? Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't really looking to, to add a location in Malta. Um, we were trying to expand in Queensbury and uh, and shift everything to one location. Mm-hmm. Um, we had an opportunity, we were 30 minutes from closing on a, on a 15,000 square foot property. Um, and 30 minutes before closing, the deal fell apart. Oof. Um, not because of me, but because of the seller. Yeah. Um, they had some family issues and and whatever. Things happen. And and things happen. And so I, I was talking to, I was talking to a friend of mine who's in real estate and I said, find me something that's turnkey. I could be selling cars in 60 days. Yeah. And three days later, he sent me Mark's VW.
0: I have to think, so this, and this is a conversation I've found myself in recently quite a lot, is that uh, there are a lot of people getting looking to retire yep. and there's no legacy plan. Correct. You know, and so, and and it's, it's not a single industry. It's just the fact that there is a large amount of baby boomers that are getting ready to retire. And they don't have kids that want to take the business over. And so...
1: I think that's part of it. I think another part of it is that it used to be much easier to start a business, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think that it used to be people that had trades or crafts mm-hmm. would start a business not being a business person. And they just basically had themselves a job where they were their own boss. Yeah. And... Because they weren't necessarily business people, and not to say they didn't have a good business, but they weren't business people, so they didn't have these plans in store. They didn't they didn't set stuff up for the future. Mm-hmm. So now they wake up and they're sixty or seventy or whatever, and yeah. they're like, "What am I going to do?" And they just you know they sell or they walk away or yeah. Um, I think part of it's legacy planning. I think part of it's just not being a business person. And yeah, I don't really. I think it's much more difficult now to be in business if you're not a business person. Um, everything just comes so fast. And so if fast. If you're not thinking, you know, your head on a spit. If you're not everywhere, I think it's yeah. very difficult.
0: And That's a, uh, my business partner' chances. All the times, like I'm, I'm acting like a carpenter, man. I'm, I'm thinking a few steps ahead every oh, all the time. You know, a way to do it. And you do because it is. Things are moving yeah. quick.
1: And everything changes. Everything changes so fast. Oh I
0: mean,
1: yeah. We think about technology. We think about legislation. I mean, everything just changes so fast. So yep. if you're not if you're not, and then obviously COVID, I mean, all the stuff that in the last five years, that's different than what it was five years yeah. ago. If you really put it on paper, you'd be really overwhelmed.
0: Yeah. Some days I am.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Same
0: thing. Same So uh, if someone's uh, interested in, you know, finding you guys, maybe looking, looking you up for a car or service, I mean, where, where do they find
1: you? <clears throat> 518ezfinance.com, the letter E like echo, Z like zebra. Um, Queensbury Malta. That's just us. Quick Google search. Quick Google search, you'll find us. They'll find you. 800, 900 reviews. We're uh, nice. Yep.
0: Uh, fa- social media.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah, the car shop NY. Okay. Um, Facebook. We're big on Facebook. Nice. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Well, I appreciate you coming in I and, and you spend some time you. with us. Yeah, yeah and uh, everybody, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll we'll see you next time. Cool. The superpower that every citizen has is the ability to control where they spend their time, money, and attention. By focusing these on supporting local businesses, you are having a profound impact on your friends, your family, and your local community. So if you want to change the world, you can start with buying local.